Welcome to the Center Memphis Podcast. I'm your host, Brantley Davidson, and I'm joined by Howard Graham and Dan Butler. The Center Memphis exists to define reality and offer hope for leaders in Memphis. We meet weekly in group sessions in person or via Zoom to talk through leadership topics as well as offering one-on-one individual sessions to discuss unique issues um, or your specific opportunities. In addition, we release content throughout the week on our website, which is thecentermemphis.org, and on our various social channels on Instagram and YouTube, which are both the Center Memphis. So make sure if you're not already following those, please do. And then visit our site, sign up for emails, um, our uh, group sessions, which I'll talk in a second about what the summer schedule is looking like there. Um, and make sure to follow us on our various um, channels and subscribe to this um, podcast, um, which you can find anywhere, Apple, Spotify, wherever it is that you may be tuning in from. Our summer schedule for group sessions is a little bit different um, than it has been. We're actually doing industry roundtables to discuss um, unique um, uh things within specific industries. Um, the past couple of weeks, we've done um, roundtables in finance and marketing and real estate. Um, and at the end of the podcast, I'll give you a little bit of a preview about some of the things that are coming up um, in the future. So a little bit different and interesting um, to hear from other folks in the Memphis area, uh, specifically what's happening with them from a faith and work perspective. So um, feel free to go to the site and sign up for those. Um, we're doing that at lunch. Um, got great local lunch options for you. So we'd love to see you um, and bring a friend. Um, so today, Dan and Howard, we're talking about joy and satisfaction and work. And so maybe to, to, to tee us up um, into that and start with a key question first is can challenges, and like as they increase, can our satisfaction and joy increase along with those challenges? I think uh, we've seen in these first three roundtables that that's absolutely true. And so I just, I just even leave our listeners with that question as we kind of walk through the, these different pieces of joys and the needs of, needs of each of these industries and, and people you serve. And then ultimately, even how the challenges and the hardest parts of work can increase joy and satisfaction. I think that's what we'll get to by the end of this. Okay. Excellent. Well, so let's maybe get into it a little bit. Um, and, and Dan, maybe I'll, I'll kick it over to you first since you're, you're fresh off of a round table from this past Tuesday. What, what are some of your joys of work, um, like personally, and then maybe just what you've been seeing in others as well? Well, as you know, I do, we do a lot of uh, helping clients invest in rental properties throughout the Memphis area. So we're dealing with employees, clients that want to buy real estate, tenants that rent our houses. So you know, one of the, our key phrases we say is we, we like to see people thrive. Mm. So I, I get joy out of seeing a client buy a new house that now, you know, you know, gets generational impact, not just to them, but can, can carry on. Uh, seeing tenants buy houses that, that we can help them go into home ownership. So those are some of the things that, that I think of when I think about the joys, you know, and I was thinking about your first question about the challenges. It's like, if it's the lens of Christ versus the lens of our personal gain, yeah. it, if you change that perspective and through the lens of Christ, like that's why you see the joy coming out with what you what happens with others, not just yourself. Yeah. I love that word thrive, and I I'm curious even maybe as if you listen to other industry roundtables, do you like what's unique about that maybe for your industry versus marketing or finance or some of the others that we've talked thus far about. 
like thriving in real estate. Yeah, or just yeah. like what it means to to help see other people's thrive, like you said. Well, for for I mean, it's different buckets, but like employees is thriving. It's like you know we use testing tools and different things to like put them in roles where they're going to love what they do. Is that 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 what is that the circles you did at the round table? where they intersect your passions and what you're good at. The good to great. Good to greats example, but just kind of intersecting those to see somebody, um, you know, thrive at their job because they love coming to work and it's because they're doing stuff that they are, you know, they were born, God gave them gifts to do. uh, And then that creates contribution to the, to the business. Yeah. Um, So that's employees from the client side. It's just seeing them get unstuck and like, you know, there's all these gurus and all these classes and all these things about doing real estate and everybody talks about it, you know, but seeing somebody actually take action and own their first rental property that's actually creating income um, and, and what they can build from that um, is exciting. So that, that's two examples real quick. That's awesome. Great. Great. That's awesome. What about you, Howard? You know, in, uh, in marketing, I'll just go back to my uh, former career before we started the center. But I would just say to put a team of people together to understand a client's want and needs and uh, to maybe to see them transform their business using the latest uh, technology and data and research and then having to make all these assumptions. It's all that's uh, nerve-wracking. It might be built on after really doing a lot of research and looking at insights and what the messaging should be and what the method should be and what the medium should be to reach somebody and then seeing what might be you know, 15 data sets, three insights, and, and a whole lot of uh, assumptions uh, come true and have, have, help people see, hit their goals. And then, uh, like Dan, seeing the executives you uh, work for or the individual marketing managers uh, be able to, to, to enjoy that success. It's fun to see a plan mm-hmm. come together, especially when you use, uh, you know, wisdom uh, and insight to see it, to see it happen. Yeah. And that can be data and that can be human insight. But to see that then, to, then, to see consumer behavior uh, respond to uh, the wisdom you put together is, 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 is really fun. Yeah. Many of you know Howard and I used to work together um, for a bit um, at our, you know, in our previous marketing agency role. And I'll, I'll touch on for me, like the thing that comes to mind just being in digital marketing in general whether it's at an agency or even sort of like corporate side where, um, or brand side where I'm at now is that there's something to the team aspect of just watching um, the folks on your team put things in place and seeing it be successful or not and just watching sort of learning and growing occur. That's where it's, for me, like joy is actually seeing um, – more of the individual growth more so than it even is the actual like real performance growth. Of course, that's what I want. Like I want people to be successful. So you, you want to see the things that we're doing work, but it's the being a part of a team of people who are, who are helping to make those decisions and helping to, you know, uh, be a part of confidence building into making decisions. Yeah and the craft and the, the science and art of digital. That's just so fun for me. It's fun. And like Stephen Covey used to talk about the triple win. You know, you're helping uh, a client achieve an objective that's helping their consumer. Yeah. And then the team that gets to work on it, learns so much and can thrive and grow too. to use what that word Dan used. I mean, there, there are, uh, and I think it's okay to, I think it's good to quote Stephen Covey. There are triple wins almost in every 
business, every industry. And we saw it all over the place in some of these sessions, you know, just the intergenerational, uh, some of the, uh, you know, uh, financial services folks were saying, you know, just the intergenerational impact of sending, hmm. uh, seeing some, a family who just saved a little bit at a time and sent somebody to college. Uh, that that how, what what joy that is in seeing somebody achieve a financial goal that especially was such a stretch and didn't seem but all that incrementalism, you know, doing the right thing uh, pulled together and saw and had a big impact. Yeah, for sure. And I think that like putting together a big impact piece kind of moves us into a, a, one of our next topics, which is so I'll sort of like uh, segue it um, in a transition is like key um, opportunities or just key needs of like those folks that we serve within our industries and. One of the things that I just continually go back to, and maybe this is going to be overly principled, but in, in terms of how to make impact happen, it's ensuring that we always understand the why of what's happening and how we're trying to drive impact. And so like within digital marketing, that plays into, well, Google made this change. Why did they make this change? And what impact is that going to have on the strategies and the things that we put in place for ourselves or for our clients? Why is certain technology needed? What kind of lift can it make and drive? Why is it that the business objective exists the way that it does and the reasons why we would put certain things in place? And so oftentimes in, in digital um, marketing, I think folks can just do things without necessarily knowing exactly how it maps to what they're really trying to achieve. And as, as oversimplified as that is, a lot of times my... Uh, main role is just helping to make sure that what we're putting in place is really mapping towards and understanding what the why is and that we think it's a good plan to achieve it. I don't know if either of y'all respond to that, but, but then if not, then Dan, what are some key needs in your, in your well, industry specific? Well, and let's just say how that, that sets up real truth. And I think God is just so good to us. Like he shows us the flowers to show us glory, to show that things are based on fact and truth. Yeah, yeah. And to see that come about when you use those things, uh, you know, in accounting, but by adding it all up makes it makes it work. Uh, one great podcaster leader told me. And then uh, but in, in, in marketing to do the right things at the right time, uh, based on the wisdom and truth that's out there, the facts you can see and respond to them and then to, to shift and make change uh, based on those things. Is, it is redemptive in itself Yeah, uh, to see things get better and renewed uh, because you're using facts and, and data. Uh, it's not quite, it's not the biggest truth, but it is, but you basing it on truth is, is a good rhythm. Hmm. Dan, what unique needs like within sort of the market that you set up a second ago, do you see, I'm, I'm honestly more curious on like the, the client side, mm -hmm. like what, what needs of your clients are you seeing and helping them with that maybe are probably even outside of the specific, or I'm assuming, and so maybe I'm wrong, outside of just like the specific kind of real estate spectrum um, specifically that, that folks may think about? And if I'm wrong, correct me and just tell me what the needs are. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from a client perspective, they're all wanting to, you know, buy rental properties. And, you know, and, and it's, the key thing I think about is help them not fail. Hmm. You know, I mean, that's what that, that that to me is part of the joy, but it's also part of our duty and job. Like that's a, that's a need because, you know, a lot of people just they'll go to the, uh, a barbecue with their friends and their friend is investing in property. Now they think that's a good idea, you know. And so um, 
Whereas like the traditional route is 401k, invest with your financial planner. They know what they're doing. Mm. Real estate is a hard asset. You know, you got to manage that. So Wait, uh, those books and infomercials out there just say right. you can be a millionaire with no money down. Right. So no how, money do you, down. how do you refute that? That's right. Uh, I mean, it's education. That was my next part of the need is just educating them. Make your own infomercial? No, not. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> True education, you know, and like we have a podcast for, for real estate and, and it's it's driven by laying out all our mistakes, you know, and, and the guy that I do it with, uh, Dean, he, we always talk about like the example, like I start out on the, the, probably the basement, you know, and we try to start our clients out on the fifth floor, yeah. meaning we impart all our knowledge that we have, all the mistakes that we've made to try to let them start at a higher level than we did so that they don't make all the mistakes mm-hmm. like signing le- leases on the back of my truck or say taking work instead of a security deposit actual cash for a house like stuff that i've done that i, I mean i've got hundreds of those examples <laughs> that, yeah. that i can tell you don't do this right i might not exactly tell you how to do you know what what to do but i can tell you what not to do and so i think that's imparting that wisdom and that experience to me brings joy to like impart that and then joy to see that person take that advice and take off faster than I did because I, you know, I had many years of a lot of failures and mess ups and mistakes. So. Awesome. Yeah. It's, that's fascinating as someone who used to own a rental property. Um, <laughs> I wish that we used been to better friends word. used to. <laughs> yeah. COVID, uh, COVID casualty, uh, in my personal, uh, Whatever. Anyway, this is not the right th- time to get into that. Um, but I think just talking through, like, there's there's some, uh, I feel like some amazing principle and just like what you're saying of, like, existing to help really lift the floor of what your clients are initially for where they're starting. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean it's always necessarily perfect, but you've got this historical experience that you can give a foundation to that helps probably ensure the success of the people that you're working with. And that could be implied for any industry, really. Right. You know, like yeah. being intentional with that and imparting that knowledge in a way that's, you know, not telling. That's what I'm saying. I, we don't tell people what to do or right. not to do. I just try to impart stories and in situations that this happened to me and now it's up to you. Yeah. Does that ever become a challenge? Yeah. I mean, I had a, a, a in-law, I guess you could call it, that bought houses too fast. Mm. And I was telling him he was going too fast you know, because you have to have reserves to, to match the growth you're trying to do. And, and that's, again, imparting key learning. Um, and he crashed and burned, you know, just because he didn't have the reserves to match, like, turnovers that happen with people vacated or whatever. Um, and so I try to use that story mm-hmm. to impart, to say, hey, this can happen to you. And here's some numbers I would suggest. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, to, for sure. To, to, to keep you from having that same situation. Because I hated it because – he completely got out and hasn't been back since and got had a bad experience and you know, what do we learn from that? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and maybe this is just the, where my current brain length um, is right now. When I think of like challenges in our industry, it, it a lot of times um, can be related to uh, just doing the craft of, of, what digital marketing is like, let's just give it an example, like running paid search within Google without knowing why you're running it or knowing what, what, what it is yeah. that you're trying to achieve. And I know that seems really super, like very, very basic, but you can apply that within, within the digital realm, with any channel, with any tactic, with any decision, 
and um, I see I see that you know at times in myself, but I see it a lot on display in like the the folks that I'm working with, which that you know maps it back to the joy of like I'm honestly I know that I'm not really good at doing the thing. I'm not a really good. I would make a terrible paid search person. Anyone that's worked with me would know that I would have been the worst buyer of all time. However, I can, I am pretty good at holding true to the why and making sure that the people I'm working with, we have a complimentary role in that way. So it's like, it's, it's, you know, even though it can be someone else's challenge, it also can be a fun way to build a team and work with work with lots of different types of people. So that's kind of where they're all interconnected a little bit to me. So in that example, like you hear Google ads or whatever, Google work, like you could just go spend the money and just drop a bunch of dimes. That's on right. That. But if you don't have the plan and this, this work, this doesn't work and right. you know, a way to track it and all that stuff is just throwing money down the pit. Right. I guess that's, that's right. what you're saying. Like that's help, exactly right. help them guide them to be successful in that, endeavor that's right that's right yeah for sure it, anything else that you want to touch on on that i think on just challenges it's almost all of work and life is about people right it's about it's about god uh, first and people uh, second and so the expectations that people have even in your example and and dan said that to start the false expectations people have mm. I've, I've managed a lot of people have led a lot of people uh, in, 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 in uh, financial services and in uh, marketing and then aligning multiple sets of expectations uh, from clients to you know, stakeholders to bosses to uh, what somebody wants from a job. And, and almost everybody has a false expectation of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an old partner used to say tongue in cheek, well, this work would be great. Uh, without as long as we didn't have to deal with people mm. and I said, well you know and that's totally a joke because there's just nothing it's always about the people mm-hmm. yeah it's always about that unrealistic ex- expectation uh very realistic expectation they, they then either way uh they're looking for something um looking for something that most in most cases as leaders uh we can't fully give you know we can create a a better work environment. We can help them manage their work-life balance. We can, but in the end of it, the day, they're going to have to have their own uh, joy set. They have to know what drives joy. And I think it's one of the things we can do, the challenge to help them be satisfied and have joy in using their gifts and talents toward what they're doing without a false expectation of things that aren't going to happen. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm curious if that, as, as you're talking through that, if that gets us to a little bit of like setting up sort of the next discussion point um, on our episode today is really we're thinking about increasing joy and satisfaction at work as a key question. Howard, where are there maybe some some frameworks or some, some examples of where um, – we might get see where that we it would be difficult to make that happen, um, but where from a redemptive perspective we want to think through how we can make sure that that's aligned um, with uh, how we think about all phases of our life. And let's even explain redemptive, right? We know um, those who read the Bible know that God is making all things new; He's redeeming all of creation, and that's going to be quite a day. And and yet. Uh, we live in this earth that's, that is fallen and difficult and ch- challenges every day. Uh, this Praxis uh, Labs is a place that's kind of laid this out in a framework. And, and so we use that in each of the industries. We came to a point where we said, 
and we explained it. So let me just explain it real quickly. There's like three major ways of doing work. One is exploitive, and that's like I'm going to get all I can, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to win at all costs. And, and I see every opportunity as a chance for me to do better or our business to do better. Mm. Uh, and so, and, and everybody can you can think of an industry that that's, that's that's that way, and you can think of people that way. And and if we're honest, we've all been exploitive. Like, oh, I know I, now I know how to get the upper hand in this deal. And so that's one way of doing work. Another way is ethical. And uh, the, I think the way that you know the end of of that definition that practice gives too uh, that you would all give is doing well, doing good, and doing well, um, which is to be what people expect, what the culture expects mostly mm -hmm. because that, that, the definition of that changes, changes rapidly, uh, in this election season, in these, uh, in these, in these trends that are going on, uh, socially, economically, and, uh, as well as culturally, uh, know that these things are now accepted things that would never have been accepted in the past. So honoring that, um, you see that come head to head with redemptive businesses. Sometimes redemptive is really, I love practice term for this. It is um, creative restoration through sacrifice. And if you think about that, you, you can do that in every minute. You can, you can some broken person who's just like me, <laughs> who has an expectation that's false, uh, you can stop and renew them uh, for the day. You can make somebody's better, day better, right? Even in a moment at Starbucks, uh, the barista can make somebody's day better. And then whole industries can be redemptive uh, when they follow the rhythms of making things new. Chick-fil-A, great example. Take Sunday off. Have real rest. Hmm. Uh, and, and that business, uh, we shared last week in our wrap-up, but, I mean, that business, when, when the ethical world clashed with the redemptive world, uh, in California, an owner-operator of Chick-fil-A just went out and started serving people biscuits, met somebody, and went home. Somebody who was just picketing them and, 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 and calling them all sorts of names went home to dinner with them that night. <laughs> Who does that sound like? That sounds like Jesus and Zacchaeus done it and many other examples. So redemptive business and redemptive ways of operating are um, restoring the moment, restoring people, and restore, making things new. And uh, Daniel, just turn to you. Real estate's a great place to do that. And what, what are examples you see? The, you know, I thought this week's roundtable was great with, you know, we had several what we call wholesalers. And those, those people that you see, like, that are buying houses or they're, they're putting houses under contract and they're assigning it to other people. So they're finding motivated sellers. And we talked, we had some good examples of redemptive conversation around if, you're, if your thing is to almighty to just try to get that house, you know, that's not, that's exploitive, you know. But if it's like to help that person succeed and thrive, like find them a new place and give them yeah. a fair price and maybe pay for the truck to move or whatever that looks like. Or maybe refer them to an agent because they could get them more money than what you're, you're offering. That, that to me is redemptive because you have that person's best interest in mind of who you're working with um, that's, that's in a pain point. They called you for a reason. They're, they're suffering. They need to get rid of that house or they need to move or whatever that that situation is there, there are different pain points, but not just looking at it like, Oh wow, if I get this house under contract, I can make $5,000 mm. to a, to send it to an investor that will they'll close on it. So yeah, that, that to me is a redemptive. That was a great example at our round table this week. It was awesome. And in the whole, you know, they had that and they had renew whole neighborhoods. We have whole yeah. neighborhoods that are being restored. And That's we true. all love yeah. to walk through those. And yeah. you know, so real estate is just a great place because 
God is a God of place. He's making places new. And so we can see right. over that. It's good. Midtown, yeah. you know, it's stretching out to nice. Lamar and to Jackson and, you know, neighborhoods that have been just hurting for years are now turning over yeah. and, and starting to be redone and rebuilt and millions of dollars are being spent to, to redo those neighborhoods. So I totally agree with that. Beautiful to see it. Yeah, and I think just the the thing that I'm hearing in, in y'all's discussion that I was just re-reminded of this week. Um, so uh, this group knows, but maybe I haven't talked about it on the podcast specifically, but I, I did start a new job two weeks ago um, working with an e-commerce company here in town, so not on the marketing agency side of things. And as we were doing some planning um, as a, a leadership team and thinking through some new initiatives that we wanted to do, one of the things that we were thinking through and just sort of our planning exercise was even just discussing what our goal is in some of these new initiatives. And we, we sort of all kind of got into just, there's lots of maybe strategies of like what we will do to accomplish what we're wanting to do. But ultimately like what we cared about was just seeing human flourishing, seeing the partners that we're going to work with flourish. So like you're Dan, you're using the word thrive. I keeps, I have kept being re-reminded and coming into just that word of flourishing and, and that being the main objective. And for those of us, it redemptive work, we don't necessarily all have the chance to be in a business that is maybe holistically grounded in doing quote unquote, or not quote unquote, but doing redemptive work. That doesn't mean that we can't as individuals care as our primary objective to maybe drive for seeing things made new or care the most about human flourishing. And so I'm sort of thankful where I am in a spot right now where that's the case and I can like help design business strategies around it. But that's, I'm saying that as an encouraging, encouraging place because we can all care about seeing humans flourish and try the most to have an impact that way in whatever it is that we're doing. Very good. It's good. And, uh, that was fun to see in some of the marketing. That's what people were saying. They liked helping people flourish right i think my favorite example of the week as, as we wrap and maybe i'll just hit, hit a few uh, verses that are really encouraging too but is uh in the in the um financial services one we in each of these we challenge like if if the challenges of the business got worse uh could it still be redemptive that's that's that was kind of the, the big mm. question and um you know in in financial services yeah there's intergenerational and helping people and all this help people meet their needs but also they admitted they're very they're very honest we love deals and we and we came to work to to to, to make some financial goals happen and so the challenge is having that happen consistently and uh when deals are lower so we said what if deals just the, the big question of the room was what if deals went in half and your financials went in half uh how could you how could uh financial services still be redemptive how could your daily work still be redemptive if the money and the deals and some of those transactional things that 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 create some light moments of joy or glory uh could could it still be redemptive and this uh, one uh, young uh, uh, person i'll give you his name if you if you call me or uh, text me but uh because he just stopped i don't have permission so i'm just going to keep him anonymous now but he just said oh if half the dollars half the deals what well, I guess I'd have to double down on why I'm in the business for the first place. Hmm. Serving people, seeing people hit goals, making about the people. I mean, it just came, came right off his tongue that, you know, our work is not work when we know we're doing it for the right reasons, even when some of these other transactional goals don't happen. And he said, yeah, I just have to double down on the reason I got in the business in the first place, hmm. which is to help other people. And how much more can you help other people in these tough times? Right. Uh, when, or, or, 
an upside time. So I just thought that was beautiful. And, and then true, there's not a single challenge that would keep our work from being redemptive. In fact, the challenges in real estate, a lady said, well, it's about relationships. And if there are less deals, oh, I can and more uh, trouble with getting a deal closed, well, then I can make that much more time for a deeper relationship. And I thought that was, I thought that was great too. And I think the overall lesson is, is, is just this. And we say this, that um, we have the time, we, or we have the call as Christians to see whether, you, Brantley, what you were talking about, um, you know, whether our work for a redemptive company or not, whose mm-hmm. stated purpose is redemptive, but it doesn't matter. If, if, we, if we are know we're redeemed, we know we're a child of God, every moment is spiritual, every moment, and every moment has an enemy if every moment is spiritual, mm-hmm. but that I can stop and be redemptive in the moment. And Colossians 3.17 just fills that so well with us. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God. So being grateful, knowing you're covered, and knowing that this moment is a moment to be, to give the love of Christ. And then that's where you can go forward and say what Paul said. He's learned to be content with a lot of stuff uh, or with little to have plenty is willing to risk everything on the shipwreck so that all would come to know uh, the Lord. And so just to know that every moment is spiritual and big like that uh, can give great joy even in the most difficult parts of work. Hmm. That's great. That's great stuff. And I guess I'll just close with this, is that whenever I've gotten into conversations like this in the past, you know, whether Howard has been you and I or just other folks in my network, you know, this is good and hard stuff to figure out how to pull off. And one of the reasons why the center exists is to like help people really dig in and figure out how to help apply specifics and do things to help make their work more redemptive. So if if what we're talking about now, if, if you even just need to brainstorm and you're curious on how this specifically applies to you and your role, wherever it is that you are, you know, we, we, have the the digital channels like a website and social and all the things so that you can reach out because we're here to talk to you about it. And uh, this is, you know, we we love doing this and we love talking about it, but we'd love talking with you specifically. So, so to wrap up what we do have coming up next week, we have more round tables, as we mentioned um, at the start of the podcast. Um, We've got things um, in small business, uh, startups, uh, small business and startups is one, nonprofits. And then we're going to have a round table that's around um, specifically kind of like interdiscipline um, leadership things um, like hiring and firing and different types of issues that could be good um, based on what you're dealing with and, and to hear from other experts and how they're sort of thinking through those things and how they're, how they're trying to help make those specific issues be redemptive. Just to put a date on those, those will be the last two weeks of July. Last two weeks of July. So, yeah, there you go. Um, well, Howard and Dan, thank you all for joining us this week. And for those of you that, attuned, that tuned in, we appreciate you. Um, sign up, and we hope to see you at an entry roundtable coming up. <laughs>